I am Dalek Barak from DoctorWhoSociety.com. You are listening to The Book Guy Show. Continue or you will be exterminated! Guys show is brought to you by Audible. Go to audibletrial.com slash bookguys and get a free book just for trying them out for one month. Coming to you from the top of Book Mountain, this is the Book Guys Show, episode 5-4. Who knew we made it to 54 shows, gentlemen? And I am joined, my name is Paul Alves, and I am joined as always by a great panel of book lovers and book carvers and book people in general. Starting off, going clockwise in the go-to meeting screen, my screen anyways, freehollowbooks.com. Sir Jimmy, I see that lovely print on your wall there. Was that a Picasso? Yeah, that was commissioned by uh, one of the uh, local artists. Um, Does his name start with no and end in bot? No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> How you doing, sir? I, I North Carolina? How's North Carolina treating you? You don't fan? Oh, it's treating me uh, better than I'm treating it. I tell you, um, winter has reared its ugly head way too early. You got the heat turned on. I hate that. Yeah, same here. Into my wallet. A little chilly in the studio. And uh, Professor Allen, how are you, sir? All right, I'm working on my uh, second round of the cold that's going around uh, here, so I think I've got that deeper risk. That's what, there's one time I'm glad that we don't do this uh, live in studio because I'm cold free. <laughs> and uh, Padre SJ, the digital Jesuit from This Week in Enterprise Tech. And, of course, now a. it seems like, Padre, you're sticking around full-time as a book guy. I think so. We're, we may have to fun. knight you on the show as an official book guy at some point. <laughs> well, I, I can actually share my latest invention. It's actually a way to transmit cold viruses through uh, the Internet. Oh. Um, so we'll be... Uh, Patent it first. Patent it first, my friend. Yeah. That's worthy of a knighthood, I think. <laughs> do we think? Uh, do we think the fathers passed the audition? Have we had this discussion? <laughs> I don't think any of us, except the pa- the, fa- the padre, has uh, passed has the audition. Passed an audition. <laughs> We're all still questionable. <laughs> uh, so, uh, gentlemen, I know we've been uh, chatting a little bit before the show. We try not to, because you know, as uh, Professor Allen keeps yelling out before the show, save it for the show, save it for the show. <laughs> but uh, here's what's on my nightstand, of course. Dan Hampton's Viper Pilot. And I was telling you guys that uh, I feel more manly just reading it. <laughs> there's, there's nothing like having, you know, uh, you know, having the wings on your uniform. <laughs> you know, Top Gun, uh, all those, uh, you know, creditations. And, uh, and I that I feel a little intimidated at reading it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a little, it's a little bit. <laughs> Wait till you see the Paul Henderson book cover. Uh, Sir Jimmy, what's new with you? What's going on? I am I'm actually, it's the first time in my life I've ever been reading two books at one time. I didn't think my mind could grip it, but I'm actually um, 
about three quarters of the way through uh, Daniel Suarez's Demon, and I picked up the the Viper book, and I got to say, it grabbed my attention the first night. I sat down uh, or laid down in bed and blew through like 50 pages. My wife was so proud. Uh, she actually said to see you laying in bed reading a real book without your iPad is pretty sexy. <laughs> oh, hello. See, this, the uh, testosterone just comes just off shake. that book, I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, she, yeah, I guess so. It, it just it exudes it. But she, she said, if I don't shave this mustache, I can just forget it. Did you hear that, boys and girls out there? <laughs> Read hardback books because they make you look sexy. Yeah, that's right, especially ones with jet fighters on the front. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Professor Allen, anything new on your that nightstand? Helps. Well, I'm, I'm I'm working on the Viper Pilot uh, too, as as uh, as as you guys are, and I'm uh, working my way. I'm almost up to uh, Ender Shadow. I had a few other audio books to get out of the way first. I've got a list. I work my list, and I'm knocking out an audio drama. But one about the 30 minutes away from knocking out a Green Lantern comic book audio drama by the great uh, producers at uh, Graphic Audio who do a great job with the DC properties, fully uh, dramatized, sound effects, music, uh, an actor for every part. Uh, they do a great job uh, with those. And this is the, the third of a three-part sort of, uh, trilogy of Green Lantern-related novels. And then tomorrow, Sir Jimmy, will start in their shadow. Ah. And, you know, Professor Allen, you remind me that I I've been listening to, uh, I love the Doctor Who fan fictions that are out there. I've been listening to uh, uh, some of the stories from dwad.net. You can go there. They have them all for Ooh. free. They're really great. I'll, I'll talk about it later in the show. Uh, even though the, the production value is all the way up there, but some of the actors are questionable. Uh, it seems like they recorded not in the same room, although they might be really good at it. Uh, not having, you know, like the four of us here, imagine trying to record this show without being able to talk to each other. It just wouldn't make sense. It'd be kind of off. That's you know. We'll What's talk about DWAD? That is that uh, this week around digital? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. It's a Doctor <laughs> Who. It's a Doctor Who site, but uh, they do. There's been three different, three or four different doctors, and the stories are compelling. And I mean, uh, check it out, folks. DWAD.net. If you're a Doctor Who fan, fan fiction, well played as an audio drama, sound effects, uh, music. Um, it's all there. Every person, every part has a different actor. Like I said, it's a little bit off-putting because the actors seem like... I would almost bet, I'd bet $200 right now that they were never in the same room together. They just read their lines off uh, cue cards. You know, and the guy, some guy, poor guy, had to edit it all together. But it's kind of like the old Doctor Who's, uh, I mean, the classic series. The show was, the, the stories were so good that it didn't matter that there was a cardboard set. So in this case, the stories are so good that it doesn't matter that the, the audio is a bit off or the acting uh, doesn't quite correlate because they were in the same room. But uh, and, and the uh, the official Doctor Who audio dramas that Big Finish has done with some of the original actors and so on have been have been terrific as well. I've not I've not uh, dipped into the uh, the fan fiction semi amateur semi pro version of the audio dramas. But if you search iTunes for one thing, yeah. you will find a ton of original and, and, and go to uh, you know, Big fan, Finish fan created Doctor Who audio. Bigfinish.com. Well. The Big Finish audios are fantastic. Of course, the gentleman who produces most of that, I'm not sure if he's the guy behind the whole shebang, but uh, is Nick Briggs. You may know him as the uh, modern day voice of the Daleks. He's the guy with the ringtone modulator 
who sits there. He does all the voices uh, for the Daleks and various other alien creatures. And he actually does them in studio, which is kind of neat. I mean, he doesn't do them in post. Like, he's actually sitting in the studio and saying, I am speaking. You know, so... I should play that. He's play actually like that. He's like that in real life. He That's talks he like is. this all the time. <laughs> no, but he's awesome, and he produces a, most of the things. And he's got a lot of. They got a lot of the original actors to do the, the audios, including Tom Baker, who may return soon. Hmm. Yeah, and the uh, and you know the hmm. the eighth Doctor, Paul McGann, whose only screen credit is the one movie yes. in the mid '80s of questionable uh, quality has had quite a career and renaissance for both himself and his take on the Eighth Doctor through those through those audios. He's probably done... He's a, probably one of my certainly. favorite Doctors, even though he's only done the one crappy movie through no fault of his own. Um, it, I think it, Fox botched exactly. that job, but he, as an actor, he's phenomenal, and he did a great job. Uh, he didn't want to have that whole get-up they put him in. You know, They put him in this Victorian gear with the long hair, and he's actually done some uh, promo shots now with the short hair and uh, he's a great actor. He's great in all. I've listened to every single. I've bought every single audio uh, from Big Finish that has the Eighth Doctor in it. I'd love to see him return to the big screen or to the little screen, and uh, be part of the new series. Maybe a little Time War special. But we're becoming this week in Doctor Who again. <laughs> so, Padre, what have you been uh, reading this week? What's going on? Uh, well, I've been finishing up uh, Freedom, which is uh, in the uh, the Suarez line, which is it's good. Uh, no spoilers, no spoilers, but I will say you're going to have to read all three books. You really do, because it's one of those kinds of stories. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm getting I'm getting some interesting thumb signals over Sorry. the camera. I'm not sure what they mean, but uh, that, that's a good thing. Uh, no, he's already he's already got my money for the next two books. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I was just going to read the first one and then stop because I thought it was interesting, but it wasn't that interesting. But as I got closer to the uh, the end of the first book, I just said, no, I, I, I got to go. I got to go. So, so you know what? Should, but, I, should I dive in, Padre, to the Suarez series, the whole thing? Go for it. Um, I would say get the Suarez series on audiobook. Get all three. Um, and, you know, I, if only there were there were some sort of some sort of code I could enter in to, right. to, to, to maybe get a free audiobook is because I believe each one free. is only one credit on audible. Yeah, they are. Uh, actually most, uh, uh, most normal size books are one credit on audible. I believe like something like Atlas shrugged is two credits, but you usually have to go over like 40 hours of entertainment to become two credits. And, uh, on oh. the, <laughs> by the way, and- that, that's, I, I tried getting in, um, in Atlas Shrugged, just because I've received so many tweets and emails from people who said, you have to watch this, it will change your life and all your political leanings. And I, I really, I gave it an honest-to-goodness try, and I got about an hour in, and I I was bored out of my mind. I had to stop. <laughs> you know right. what? I, I did listen to the audio version uh, with Scott Brick, so I made it through, because I could listen to him read the phone book. So I, I did get through, and it's an interesting concept, and... Uh, you know, uh, maybe I'm not going to you know run my whole life by it, but you know the whole concept of value for value, I get it now. Um, again, I'm not going to you know start a church of Ayn Rand, but uh, made it through because it was audio. If I I, I got to be honest, if I started with the paper book, forget it. I would have used it as kindling. I would have you know quarter of the way in, I would have said uh, I'm done. You know what I think spoils it for me is the fact that I did um, high school and college debate. And Rand was always misquoted, and she would because I mean you could take little bits and pieces of her work and it make it say crazy things. 
Uh, and so I think that always colors my experience of any of her writing. Yeah, and, and it was just such a, such a popular book that, yeah, you're right. People you misquote it, and they can use it for any means. It's kind of like the Bible. You can, you know, you can yeah. make God out to be, you know, a Doctor Who villain if you really wanted to pick, you know, nitpick and pick out certain quotes here and there. And, uh, yeah, it's... Well, that's actually much. how I, I picture God's voice. Love one another! You know, the Dalek voice coming down from the skies. <laughs> I am speaking! <laughs> And, and 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 to be fair, I think Ayn Rand would kind of like the fact that her book is is two credits on Audible. I mean, that's, that's right. twice as valuable as any other book in her mind. And you know, a lot Ayn of people mis- misspell the Audible trial, whatever. It's go to bookguys.ca slash Audible, A-U-D-I-B-L-E. Go there. You can try it out for a month for free. It doesn't cost you a thing. Uh, we love it. I love it. I'm not going to speak for the rest of the book, guys. I love it. I uh, use it all the time. One credit. What's a one credit cost now? I don't even look at my credit card statement anymore. I have no idea. Go check it out. It's not, you know, like you used to have to buy on CDs. First of all, it'd be like 40 CDs. You have to buy an audiobook for like $80. And now you can get an audiobook for less than what you'll pay for a hardcover. Sometimes less than what you'll pay for a soft cover at the 7-Eleven. You have 7-Elevens in the States, you do, right? That's where it started, I think. Well, I got, I actually, Clicky Mart, whatever. they're always running specials and, and I got Demon for like, it was like four bucks or yeah. five bucks. Yep. And as an Audible member, you get those specials. If you're logged in, you'll see a different price than what the full retail would be, you know, and it keeps you off Pirate Bay and keeps you honest and, you know, it helps the, the author and everyone get their money and, you know, of course we advocate that. Just saying. <laughs> now, gentlemen, did you see my tweet the other day about uh, the, the Henderson book? And as an actual, <laughs> hang on, we have a jingle for this. this I guess this would go under. I was say, as an actual professor of finance, Paul, <laughs> as an actual professor of finance, uh, I do recommend looking at your credit card every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right, this one is just, just throwing that out. Ah, uh, this is one. This is one I haven't read yet, but as a Canadian, I believe I have to read it at some point or I will lose my citizenship. I think I have like three years to read it or not. Of course, Paul Henderson being the gentleman who scored the goal with less than a minute to go in the eighth and deciding game of the 1972 Summit Series, where Canada basically told Russia to suck it. Is that it? Sorry, Padre. (laughs) Are we explicit now? that's a technical term. <laughs> it is a technical term, so it's okay. So, so Paul Henderson being that gentleman, and uh, I'm gonna put a, I'll put it up on the. I'm gonna actually write a note down. Put on book guys. You can hear my sharpie in the background there. Henderson. What has Canada book. done since then? Actually, besides you know Ben Johnson, kind of winning a hundred meter dash. Uh, not a hell of a whole lot, really. I mean, we're just trying to keep it cool, man. We're staying out of all this, all these battles it's and whatnot. Cold. They had that whole maple syrup caper. That was pretty cool. That, that was, was pretty cool. <laughs> that was pretty cool. But, that was a national Scooby Doo moment. It was awesome. You know, the, it, it was funny because you know what? That maple syrup when they finally recovered, it was sixteen thousand drums. They managed to siphon out of this like maple syrup warehouse, and they actually the, the maple syrup actually got transported back to where it should be under like RCMP and CSIS guard. Like, picture, like, the FBI and the CIA transporting maple syrup. That's what we did, you know. <laughs> I, I have to say, I know this is totally incorrect, but for some reason I had in my mind when I was reading this story the strategic Canadian maple syrup reserves. You know, <laughs> it literally is. There's like, this, there's, like, three different spots where they have these huge warehouses of maple syrup in case there's a, 
a bad season or something happens where the maple, you know, Monsanto starts making maple trees and they all die out like the corn did this year. Ooh, sorry, Monsanto. They're never going to be a sponsor. But but if the maple syrup all dies out, <laughs> I hear you, my friend. I hear you. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to get Sir Jimmy in trouble. <laughs> no, we love Monsanto. You know what? They help feed the whole world with all this nice uh, technology. No. <laughs> so Jimmy, just be quiet. I will background. not say anything. I will not say. I will say my organization actually has an office that pretty much all they do all day is fight Monsanto. But, oh. but okay. There you go. It's cool. No, but the, uh, they, they have this uh, you know, strategic reserve, kind of like uh, the strategic, uh, you guys have the oil reserve, right? So we have the maple syrup reserve in case something goes bad. They have enough for a couple years worth of uh, maple syrup. So people don't forget about maple syrup and stop using it. Tourists don't stop buying. We don't eat maple syrup. It's terrible. I, I could see dueling, dueling press conferences. You've got the American president in one particularly nasty winter saying, we're opening up the strategic reserves to heat the homes of those who are going without heat this harsh winter. And you've got the... We've got the Canadians saying uh, the, uh, the maple syrup is very down, so we want uh, maple hey? syrup on every pancake. Huh? Hey? Hey? <laughs> No, but, but seriously, though, the Paul Henderson book, I am going to check it out. I'll, I will bring it to the table. I am going to read it, um, although it's not just about a goal. It's about his whole life. You know, it's, a, it's an autobiography. But no one, no one must have, like, proofread the cover. Good Lord. It's certainly not someone with a dirty mind like me because I'm sitting in the Walmart. Um, you know, I'm going through the – because Walmart, you know, you get the 33% off. 33% off with a new – I was waiting for the the bell, Jimmy. Yeah, thirty three percent off. You know, new titles. So I, you know, I sometimes I buy a hardcover there because it's cheaper than buying it at the chapters or whatever. So um, and then I see this book and I said, "Whoa, that's kind of risque book for Walmart." <laughs> you know. Yeah, the worst thing you can do is just <laughs> glance at it. Because all I'm going to say like, is, whoa, whoa, you're grabbing your kid. You're like, you guys, right you guys can, you know, look at it for yourself, judge it for yourself. But just, on a, I didn't even know it was Paul Henderson. I mean, I was far enough away. I was just heading to the book aisle. And all I'm saying is in black and white, it does not look like he's holding a hockey stick, hockey stick. And the title is rather, rather bold. It says the goal of my life. And That's was, not good. No, <laughs> not cool. No, so not cool. But wait, come on, look at that and tell me that a, a publisher somewhere didn't say, this will sell a couple of books. Come on. Yeah, I might. <laughs> well, yeah. he's got people Intentional. to look at. Uh, I've got a quick clip here from, uh, he was on, actually on George Strombolopoulos. Say that three times fast. He was on George Strombolopoulos, and they... Um, it's yeah. pronounced Stephanopoulos. No, no, wrong, wrong George. We're talking about Canadian George. He's cool <laughs> and hip. He's on the CBC. Uh, and I'm going to play a little clip right now. And gentlemen, refill your drinks. We'll be back in a couple minutes. And uh, check this out. And I will post the entire uh, YouTube link on the site for this interview. It's about the interview goes about ten minutes, and you gotta if you don't know George Strombolopoulos, he does these great uh, like he's sitting on a on a couch interviews with uh, celebrities, and he no holds barred. You know he'll ask the questions that you want to ask these celebrities. Not he doesn't go off the cuff kind of thing. So quick clip here. We'll be right back. Thanks for taking the time. My pleasure. 40 years ago tonight, where were you? What were you doing? Uh, thinking about the uh, next game, and if we didn't win it, we'd be known as losers for the rest of our lives. 
So you scored three game-winning goals, right? Lucky. Yeah, <laughs> but you got them. I mean, yeah. the last one, the big goal was kind of a garbagey goal, but the night before was a great goal, right? Oh, man. Do we yeah. have that night before goal? Watch this. this is, look at this beautiful goal from the uh, night before. Yeah, I wish we'd have been watching this for the last 40 years. <laughs> look at this. That's a goal. Nice to hear that. Uh, hear that instead of Henderson makes a wild stab for it and falls. Oh. Now I'll tell you why I think that the wild stab for it fall, dirty goal is a better goal, because it's more in line with the Canadian personality. Had you scored that flashy goal, it would have been this great moment of Henderson kind of in this one-way play. You come through, you split the D, you come around, you score. The way that goal went in, the big goal that you scored, all the players. Had a, had a hand in the play. That's true. You took a stab, you fell. It's this idea of you persevere, you junk it up, and close your eyes, and oh my God. That's the Canadian win. So in a way, I think your goal was far more Canadian. You know, nobody said that before, but I, that's a pretty good insight. Yeah. I, I just, I, dude, I was sharper than I thought you were. <laughs> <laughs> that was my moment. That, that's my moment. From here it, <laughs> when Cherry re retires, I'm going to put your name forward. <laughs> you be the man. Thank you, but no thank you. <laughs> you know, I, in your book you talked about how much you love playing in Detroit, right? A lot of people know you as a Leaf, but you played as a wing. And you talked about being a kid, being in Detroit, just being awestruck by the city. What was it like being a kid in Moscow? Well, you know, initially, like I really felt that we would beat them fairly handily. I mean, we would over, I really felt that we would overwhelm them with the players we had. But then when they, uh, it, it changed when they got ahead of us. Okay, now you suckers. <laughs> this is, and so it took on, a, I, I, for me, it took on a totally different dimension that it, we really felt it was our way of life, our ideology against theirs. And so we hated the Russians with a passion. Uh, we shouldn't have hated the players. We should have hated their system. And thank goodness we've got to know them. And Tretiak, some of these guys are really wonderful individuals. You know, they're trying to keep a wife happy, raise a family, and... Uh, and so that's, I'm glad I lived long enough to, to get to know these guys because in 72, we hated them with a passion. The great memory, of course, belongs to the, to the collective. You have your own memory of it. We have our memory of it. Uh, and then I saw this news clip of these little girls talking about it. What was all the talk about today? Uh, how my dad played so good and how we got the last goal. Who scored that last goal, uh, Jennifer? Paul Henderson. Who's he? My dad. Did you... Uh... Think it was a pretty good game? Yes. What about you, Jill? Did you like the game? Yeah. Who scored the goal? My dad. <laughs> I've never seen that before. Isn't that beautiful, though? Now those three have given me seven grandchildren uh, today, so... Unbelievable. You know, none of them were perfect. I got seven grandchildren, every one was perfect. Yeah. How does that work out? <laughs> well, you did all right. Well, the, universe, the universe bestowed some gifts on you. Oh, man. That's the most fortunate guy alive. You, know, you, missed, you said you missed the last trip to Russia, but it's because of your health. How is your health? Well, I'm, I, I have cancer, like most people know, and uh, I got into a clinical trial in the United States, and I uh, was doing pretty well, and then I got... A reaction to the drug, and man, I had a, I was rash from my tip of my toes to my head, and uh, I was pretty ugly for about nine days. But we we got off it, and we we got it stabilized again. And so, uh, I just take it one day at a time. Uh, 
and hopefully, uh, I mean, no, at this point there's no cure, but the, the whole idea is to stay along, stay alive long enough till they find a cure. <laughs> right. And, well, how's that going? <laughs> well, I'm still alive. You're still so, alive. Yeah, I got today. You know, it's... Uh... <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, you know what? It's an interesting book uh, so far from what I've seen. And, uh, again, it's not just about the one goal he scored against Russia and uh, Paul Henderson's The Goal of My Life. Hopefully they change the cover. <laughs> Sounds like he's got a great attitude, though. It's probably a pretty fun book to read. Yeah, he had a good time in the NHL as a player. And, uh, you know, that, that was really was a momentous goal. <laughs> the funny thing is when that goal happened, I, I forget who it was, but... The first player to to skate out and hug him was on the bench when he scored. So this guy was so excited. He beat everyone else that was on the ice and uh, got to got to be in that glorious picture. The last time we so ever when they, beat Russia. So when they when the US beat Russia in nineteen eighty, can you believe in miracles? It really wasn't all that big a deal because you guys beat us to it eight years before. <laughs> Yeah. Is that what you're something, trying to say? Something like that. Well, we were so deep in the Cold War in 1972 that it was uh, pretty hardcore to even be there. I mean, these were the only, probably the only Canadians that could, uh, you know, enter Russian soil without getting shot, you know, because they thought we were as evil as we thought they were back then. Turns out people are people and, you know, we weren't the boogeymen that the, the television was telling us. Remember, folks. television it's making you stupid <laughs> read a book and, read a book <laughs> and books make you look sexy those are the two things i've learned tonight paul <laughs> tv makes you stupid <laughs> reading books makes you look sexy that's right now uh, gentlemen uh one of the things i forgot last week i was going to do live on the air I haven't tried them yet let's do that now and uh, i believe we have a jingle for this Trying to get used to this iPad jingle machine thing here. Uh, here we go. Let's do it because the Padre loves this stuff. Now, when you're listening to audiobooks, especially with today's digital files and CDs, the quality is so good. Some of them have music. Uh, even the downloads from Audible, bookguys.ca slash Audible. They're fantastic. So uh, normally what I do, no matter what iPod I am using is uh, I use these. These are the Apple in-ear headphones. They're a little bit more expensive, but uh, I may have replaced these a few times at no charge. <laughs> I'm not saying I did, <laughs> but uh, they're nice enough. Whenever they break, every couple, six months, they give me a new pair. So far, I'm on a good streak. <laughs> no, they're going to check my account now and never do it again for me. <laughs> but I've got my money's worth out of these. I think these are literally three years old, supposedly. But I've gone through four or five pairs, but they've always been nice to replace them. Um, one thing I, I, I noticed with my first iPod was that the headphones were so crappy. And before, I think I had a pair of Bose headphones someone gifted me at the time. And I realized how good the machine was. And we're talking about like the first uh, iPod mini was the first uh, MP3 I got after I gave up my uh, creative uh, machine, which they wouldn't replace for me. It broke. Zen? So. The, the Dynamo yeah. Rio? No, it wasn't a Rio. I got a, a Zen, like the top of the line, like big fat hard drive on it, and they wouldn't replace the hard drive for me. So I had to get one of these stupid iPods, and it sounded like crap when I got it. And then I put my, the Bose headphones in that someone had gifted me, and it sounded great. 
And this is one thing uh, I'm calling out right now to Apple. First of all, put the podcast app in iOS. There's a war on podcasts right now. Microsoft is not including podcasts in Windows 8. Apple has removed podcast app from iOS. It's only available if you download it. They've removed podcasts from iTunes. And I think this is something Steve loved podcasts. Steve would never allow anyone to charge for podcasts. He loved the freedom for people like us to put our message out and not have to have a corporation behind us or to be part of Hollywood. Uh, the fact that we can speak freely here is uh, all due to uh, mo- mostly the, the propagation of podcasts was from Steve Jobs' vision of having this free forum where the t- typical human being could communicate with others. And it looks like Steve is dead and they're taking podcasts out of iTunes. Boo Apple. So and give, the give him a tweet. podcast app is horrible. Yeah, it crashes. Give him, a, you know, pound Apple, ampersand Apple, whatever, at sign Apple, get on Twitter, boo, put podcasts back. But anyways, yeah, the, that's their, it. <laughs> their, their new podcast app, last time I checked, is right around one and a half stars. Yeah, it in is. The, in, the, in the app. Not good. In the app store. I'm not surprised good. it gets that. So um, I'm going to take a quick listen here. I'm going to actually plug in. I do have a, uh, what do you call it? I have a headphone splitter, so I'm going to plug in my other set of headphones here. The These are the new redesigned default uh, podcast or iPod headphones. They're kind of weird. I don't even know how to stick them in my ear. There are three different speaker ports on this thing or parts to it. Yeah. So this is the right ear. Okay, it's kind of weird. All right. And... Um, Wow, it's like I'm in a tin can. They bollocks Gosh, it. Gosh, you sound like you're in a tin can. <laughs> you know what? I'm taking these things out. It's kind of weird. Um, I'm sure a lot of this sound is leaking out too, which is maybe the, the whole design, the, the whole point of having all these extra speakers is so that everyone else on the bus can hear that you have an iPod. But uh, this would probably annoy anyone around you. I'm... I'm thoroughly annoyed. Yeah. You know what surprised me around the blogosphere about those is that there were so many people who said, oh, this, you know, finally they got, they got earbuds right. And I tried my first set. Yeah. And I said, these are some of the most uncomfortable things I've ever stuck in my ear. I was going to try and, some and they, music, but uh, I don't want to yeah. play any. It looks like you're trying to put two marbles in your ear. Basically. You know, I like the, the, the snug fit of these things. The, any, any in-ear. It doesn't have to be the Apple ones. Like you know, any... Uh, premium in-ear bud has a nice silicone fitting to them the thing with these is they're comfortable uh for someone like me that likes to listen to audiobooks when i go to sleep i was actually yeah not very nice padre you've got a very nice form fit there it looks like it's a silicone type product mm-hmm. and uh, i was actually for insomnia i was uh, prescribed by my family physician at the time try try listening to a book don't read it just put a book in your ear and it'll take your mind off the troubles of the day and whatnot, and you'll go to sleep. And sure enough, within 30, 40 minutes, I'm, I'm out like a light. And I wake up with these things still in my ears, and I have no pain in my ears. They're, they're just as if I was slept without them. Whereas I know the old iPod earbuds, after an hour or two, ouch. And if you, you fall asleep with them on, you wake up in the morning, and your ears hurt like a mofo. Pa- sorry, Padre. <laughs> it's a technical term. That's also a technical term, yes. so it's okay. <laughs> We're still managed to stay clean so far. <laughs> so, Padre, what are you listening on? 
when you need a book to fall asleep with, we recommend you go to Audible. <laughs> Absolutely. To put you, to you know, the, the theory behind that actually being, Professor, the better the book, the, the, the more likely it is to put you to sleep because it takes you out of reality. That's true. It, it, you know, if, you, you're, if you're worrying about your yep. mortgage, your business, you know, whatever, you're not, that's one of the main uh, mental causes of insomnia where if it takes you into the story and, and the, real, the story really brings you in, uh, you're out within half an hour. You're out like a light. <laughs> so, Padre, what kind of headphones do you have there? They look very comfortable and red. These are actually the uh, these are earbuds. So they're designed for people who exercise. They've got these uh, fitted silicone tips. If you take the tips off, they actually look like any uh, earbud right. type of headphones. But when they're wait, in, you said silicone tips. I think that just put us into the. Um, Explicit category. <laughs> no, it's a technical term. <laughs> and you know what? Just for that, I'm going to put the Paul Henderson book cover as our uh, album art this week. <laughs> That's right. But see, this is this is the big claim to fame. They stick. So I, uh, right now, I'm like yanking on the uh, the cord. So if you exercise, these are earbuds ah. that actually won't fall out of the side of your head. Yeah, these will. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Now, one of the neat things I don't know about about the, the ones you're talking about there, Padre, the ones you got. The neat thing that Apple includes with these in earbuds is I'm going to, we really got to be a video show soon. When your uh, earphones start rattling, it's usually because this little piece of metal here has gone or it's dented or there's something wrong with it. They actually include with that, it's actually screws off. It's one of the only uh, headphones I've ever seen that does this. This screws off the little mesh, the little actual speaker, uh, speaker uh, cone screws off and they give you an extra pair so it usually gives you about another four or five months of use where the the speaker fidelity is amazing right i actually have a really nice set of noise canceling headphones from uh, audio technica that i picked up after i i reviewed them and uh, they're great absolutely great love them on the on the airplane but this i'm I'm starting to hear that little rattle when i'm not playing music so yes thankfully it's a warranty though so they'll they'll fix it for everything but but yeah that's the and that's usually something a little imperfection in the grill that's happened and uh, if you can't remove it then you can't replace it but uh, you know a lot of companies even the the bose uh, does uh, replace free replacements now mind you there's no such thing in canada anyways as a bose store uh i prefer the bose headphones but because there's no Bose store, it's going to cost me as much as the headphones cost to ship it back and forth to Bose. So I go with the Apple cause just because there's local stores and they don't charge me for replacing them. Um, you know, it's really important, folks. If you're listening on an iPod, iPad, an iPhone to your audiobooks or a Kindle, whatever headphones came with it, throw them out. Go to the store. If you really enjoy music on it, you'll enjoy the quality of, of the audio Go out, get yourself a pair of uh, headphones. It doesn't matter what kind. Even, yeah, Sir Jimmy, even the, the iPod Shuffle you got there in your hand, uh, same thing. Get a decent pair of headphones. It'll turn that $90 or, or even that $500 iPod Classic that Sir Jimmy's holding up, it'll turn it into a $1,000 machine because the, the sound quality will change so much. You get the deep basses, the high highs, the great midtones. Just saying. <laughs> it, 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 that's always been a mystery to me that why someone would buy you know, a $600 piece of equipment that includes some great hi-fi audio equipment and then plug a $5 set of earbuds into it. That just... <laughs> well, you know, Padre, I, I think a lot of people, and I keep saying this to friends of mine, get rid of those headphones, get, you know what, spend $30 and you'll get better sound. Spend $50, whatever. Okay. I mean, if you've already spent, you know, a couple hundred dollars on your machine, 
And sometimes people just don't realize. They think, this headphone came with this. This is as good as it sounds. iPods suck. Or, you know, or Zoom, this Zoom sounds like crap. No, it, it's, it wasn't the Zoom's fault or the iPod's fault. Uh, Zoom was a, a, a iPod knockoff made by Microsoft, in case anyone's wondering. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, they, they just think that's what came with it, so this must be what's good. So this is as good as it gets. No, it's not. Get some new headphones, and you'll really enjoy your audiobooks better than your music. Padre, what are you holding there? What's that? You always got some toy in your hand. This is a little something I, I found uh, in my uh, my storage drawer. I'm cleaning out. This is actually a, a conference badge. So when you go to a, these conferences, you you get badges most of the time. Oh, that was the one from the Black Hat. The, yeah, this yeah, this awesome. is actually from, this is DefCon. DefCon, so DefCon, yes. This this badge. Uh, well, you oh, of course the audio listeners can't hear it, but uh, it's shaped. They had like an Egyptian motif going on. So the the, the circuit board itself has like a design on it. I just got a screenshot. I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, it is a fully functional computer. This thing, uh, you were able to, it didn't come in the the bag, but you were able to weld on keyboard and mouse ports and a a VGA port for the video. So uh, we were able, before the show was over, we were playing like old Commodore 64 games on our badges. Oh, did you have Uh, Olympic games? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was was a contest. It was a, a cryptography contest. So there were clues hidden on all these badges you had to actually synchronize your badge because it's got a little infrared port with other attendees of the conference and slowly you would collect more and more of the clues that would help you serve the cryptography challenge it's very i had a super geeky i had a commodore 64 for (laughs) computer this is the power of your commodore 64 in a business card our younger listeners do not appreciate that's about right the you know what we had to go through gaming uh, in our younger years like uh let me turn my noise limiter down there and i can speak freely uh yeah i mean i had a tape drive attached a cassette tape drive attached to my Commodore 64 and olympic right. games uh you know it, it said you know it does what it says on the tin it was olympic games you go through the opening ceremony and then you had a 20 minute wait as you put in tape number two to load the, the first event. <laughs> so we would literally be able to order pizza, have pizza between events, where now, if it takes more than three seconds to load on my iPhone, I'm like, this thing is slow. Why I is this love, taking so long? It's been four I seconds. Love that tape drive. <laughs> you take me back. Because I used to program on like a TI-994A, and you would save onto a tape drive. Uh, but it, it's not like a tape drive like you would think in a, in a even a, in an ancient computer. It actually just made tones, so it had to record the tones properly. Right. The problem was, it wasn't guaranteed that when you recorded the tape, that when you tried to reload it, that it would actually work because some, there might have been some static. So programmers, what we ended up having to do is you would make like five saves, and, and it could take like thirty minutes each time you tried to save your program, and you just hope to God that one of the five would work when you tried to reload it. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, uh, I'm not at the newfangled stage of my life yet. Hey, Noah, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> There's a no bot making a little quick appearance there. Answer Jimmy's cam. Uh, you know, I'm not at the you know the newfangled part yet, where I look at technology and say it's too newfangled. I ain't doing it. I'll try everything. You know, I'm I'm just approaching forty. I'll try everything, and but I really don't because I've grown up with all this slowly evolving. I don't appreciate as much as I should the fact that. I can click, you know, I click one button on my phone and I can buy a book and start reading it before I get home. 
And when I get home and I pick up my iPad, the same book is there and it's sitting at the same page I left off at. That's brilliant. And now with the new Amazon Whisper Sync for voice, uh, you know, Amazon owns Audible as well. That's brilliant. I mean, I can pay an extra three or four dollars. And, you know, if I have to go for a run or if I'm working and I have to use my hands and I can't, you know, read a book while doing my work, I can just click another button and now I'm listening to the audiobook and it's taking me back to exactly where I was when I was reading the, the actual book. And now, now I got Scott Brick or, you know, someone else uh, reading it to me in my ears. You know, it's fascinating. I, I've got a level of wonderment even below that, which is. Uh, so, you know, I, I live in a religious order with a bunch of priests who are known for studies. That's what we do. We study a lot. We teach a lot. And I live with guys who literally, they, they live out of, out of a suitcase. You know, their clothes and everything they own is in a suitcase except for their books. And they might have like 80 boxes of books every time they move. Now, <laughs> and I, so I grew up with that. You know, people always had their cache of books. Yeah. I could have more than those 80 boxes of books in my little tablet. Right. And... You know, I I should be marveled marveled by that more than I am. I really should be. Now, now, That's Padre, we're the, going the back to Jesuit. yeah, yeah, the <laughs> digital Jesuit. But Padre, we're going back again to the point where when I die, when it's determined that I die, That's right. I should be able to set in my Apple settings and my Amazon settings that I want to give all my books to Sir Jimmy, and someone from Apple or Amazon should call Sir Jimmy and say. Uh, by the way, your friend's dead. <laughs> oh, and here's some free books. <laughs> you know. By the way. By the way. But you know, uh, it's it's the only thing stopping me from going totally digital with books is the fact that I can't give this to someone. And you know, if I buy hardcovers, and you see behind me, this is just what I got here at the studio at home. There are boxes and boxes and boxes. But you know what? I know that when I go, they're going to be enjoyed by someone else. Either you know, keeping them warm at night. In the, in the fireplace or you know they're gonna go to family members uh, you know children who are gonna read these books and uh ah, these people yeah get your stuff together man get your stuff together they've got to be pass downable my new word i made it up if george bush can make up words so can the book guys <laughs> well the the united states supreme court is kind of maybe taking on that challenge when they look at the legal um, status of MP3s. So it's, it's that idea. If you own something digitally, what do you actually own? I'm not liking so. your, your uh, Supreme Court recently. They, they did make a ruling yeah. recently, and I don't have the names with me. I don't have, you know, I, don't, I love GoToMeeting because you know what? I'm looking at the screen now, and I see all four of our faces. I'm not going to a, a <laughs> Safari browser or opening Firefox, but I forget, I forget the names and whatnot, but there was a ruling, a gentleman who had bought something overseas. And apparently, anything you buy in the United States, you're allowed to resell. But he had bought something overseas. Oh, he was buying textbooks. Right. He was buying textbooks oh, oh, right. in Korea because right. they were yeah. cheaper. Having them shipped to the United States and reselling them at like half the price to other students in, in the United States. He got sued by the, the textbook maker, who shall remain nameless because I don't know their name right now. And I'm not opening a browser. But he lost. And the United States uh, Supreme Court actually said, because you bought it overseas, you're not allowed to resell it. And they're almost at the point where they're going to eventually rule that you cannot resell anything you buy and that the copyright, uh, there used to be the, I forgot the, the term, but the copyright was first sale copyright. So if I buy a book, yes, it's not mine, it's copyright, but I own it and I can sell it to someone else. 
where your Supreme Court seems to be leading in the direction where if I buy a book that's copyright, <laughs> thanks for the light, Jimmy. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's leading to the point where it seems like your Supreme Court is leaning in the direction that if I buy a book that's copyright, I can never sell it. When I'm done with it, I got to burn it. I cannot even hand it out to someone because then I'm a pirate. The Supreme Court actually already handed precedent for that because they did a case a few years back for uh, AutoCAD. It's the maker of soft, really expensive software that does 3D modeling right. uh, and architectural type stuff. And... Um, they, they were essentially saying, look, we're not selling you the software. We're selling you the right to use the software, and right. that is not transferable. And they, they won. They won their case, and, and they were able to say, right. the light, yeah, that, okay. yeah. Yeah, and that's, yeah. that's quite the case. Licensing when you buy issue, and that's what an e-book, the theory is you're just buying a light, or that's the, yeah. 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 Well, and, the scary thing was that was it was a EULA. It was the end user license agreement. You know that thing that everyone clicks through right. really quickly when they install yeah, right. the software. They're, they basically said, "Yeah, you could say in your EULA, uh, you could only use the software while standing on your head and eating ice cream, and it would be legal." People don't read that's, the EULAs. You know, that's the thing. I, I, I believe it was Twitter that had a, in their EULA that uh, any picture you post on Twitter they can resell. I believe they've since changed that. But, uh, you know, if you think about a That's photographer right. who's, 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 you know, spending, like, some of these guys go out on African safari. They spend $8,000 to get there. They take this wonderful picture of a lion. They sell it for ten grand, And now, because they posted it accidentally or on purpose on Twitter, now Twitter can resell it. That's not right. Mm-hmm. Sorry. But can Twitter go back and, and sue the guy for, and take some of the money that he's got? Well, no, but Twitter can take his image and use it. If it's in the EULA, they said, anything you post on Twitter, we, we can use it. But now they, they can you know, start up a secondary business like uh, iStock Photo. You know? Speaking of photos, speaking of iStock Photo, if you're... <laughs> Sir Jimmy's reminding me, he's pointing at me. He's got a big sign up behind him. If, you, if, you're, you know, if you're an independent author, uh, even if you're you know, a published author, uh, the, one of the number one things, when your book gets out on Smashwords or... Uh, on Amazon, on iTunes, wherever you're self-publishing it, the most important thing today about your book is the description and, of course, the cover. Uh, people are going through, especially on Amazon, you know, you get the thumbnail view of books. On iTunes, you get, the first thing you see is the book cover and the title. That's it. That's all you see on most screens on the iTunes bookstore. So if your title, if your uh, cover is subpar, look, look at that Viper Pilot. Look at that cover. Dan Hapton's book, you know, nice and boss. You can almost you you can almost hear the plane go. And, and hang on, Professor Allen, run your hand along that jet. You can feel Ooh, you can oh, feel, feel the, the ammunition, oh the embossing. But you know that that title really. If I'm looking for a book about Viper pilots, that's it. And of course, no one's sure yet if Viper pilot, if if Viper, which is the the true nickname for the F-16. They're not sure if it either, it's either because from the front view, it looks like a snake or just the fact that it looks kind of like the Viper from Battlestar Galactica series in the 1970s. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how far you guys are in the book, but that was a really neat fact that I found out and I'm looking at it and from the front, it looks like Battlestar Galactica, my friend. But uh, most important is your cover. If you don't have a, a photographer friend, you don't have an artist friend, check out iStock Photo. Go to bookguys.ca slash photos. We have a nice uh, little deal for you there. 
search for the subject of your book, you know, different uh, keywords you think fit with your book, and you'll find a picture that goes with your book, and then you can throw some text on it, find your friend who does some Photoshop or Pixelmator if you can't afford Photoshop. It's another great tip. Here, here's a free tip. If you're on Mac and uh, you can't afford the $800 that Photoshop costs, you can do almost everything that you can with uh, Photoshop by uh, picking up Pixelmator. And I believe when I bought it, it was $19.99, $20 on the App Store. And you can install it on up to 10 computers. So if you do very minimal Photoshop work, check it out, Pixelmator. That's one of the great things about the, uh, the iTunes app, the, the Apple Store, is that if you have a family with 10 computers and you buy a book, uh, that uh, book will be pushed out to all 10 computers. And the apps. So if you buy an app for yourself or work, uh, it'll go to all 10 of your family's computers. It's kind of neat. So we kind of, I don't know if I'm uh, cheating the end user license agreement, which is what a EULA is here at work, but uh, I buy all my stuff through my Apple account and then it appears on all the computers in the studio. I know. Can you say extradition, Paul? <laughs> I know Leo does it at Twit. I think he does. He's mentioned it before. You know, he buys an, you know, you buy an eight hundred dollar app or a two hundred dollar app. God bless you. You got it on ten computers, and you know the company allows you to do it. That's great. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. So, do we have a Think Geek item of the week, gentlemen, or can we just uh, sort of check it out? You know, we can do this live. We're gonna go to Think Geek right now. You go to bookguys.ca/thinkgeek. We're just going we, from sponsor to sponsor. We do have a Think Geek item. <laughs> Padre, do you have one? No, Professor <laughs> Allen does. Oh, hang on a sec then. I was only kidding because we just finished talking about photos. So all I got to do is press this button here. The Think Geek item of the week from thinkgeek.com. There you go. Thinkgeek.com. Hey, Professor Allen, bookguys.ca slash thinkgeek. What do we got? We have the zombie USB just in time for Halloween. Okay. The uh, zombie skull, the zombie skull uh, USB uh, port. Oh no way! <laughs> what does it look like? BB. <laughs> and uh, what's what's the retail on that one? Like a like a skull, skull hub, skull hub USB twenty four ninety nine, a bargain. At twenty five dollars, this one is twenty four ninety nine. Macabre yet useful. It's a resin skull with four USB two point zero ports. It's a scary addition to your desktop. Yes. With a nice hollow skull right there. For all the goths in the audience, you can have a skull sticking out of your computer. <laughs> That's great. I'm looking at the Doctor Who Tardis versus Dalek salt and pepper shakers for seventeen ninety nine. Ah, oh, bollocks. This is going to cost me money. I'm adding it to my wish list now. <laughs> you got a ceramic TARDIS and ceramic uh, Dalek. I'm going to have to order two. Nothing like shaking it. Bookguys.com slash Doctor Who. <laughs> Bookguys.ca, my friend. I don't know who Bookguys.com is. Bookguys.com. I don't know who that is. They might be uh, suing us. Virus. Could, could get a virus. If you <laughs> That's that right. Site. You never know. You go there, be you careful. get a virus. <laughs> Yeah, don't I, go to freehollowbooks dot or don't go to hollowbooks dot com because I'm pretty sure that uh, that site is virus laden, my friend. Virus laden. It, it, it might be. <laughs> I, 
I actually have an item that I've been looking at for a while, and um, I, I think i got to get it. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Portal series of video games. They have a Portal 2 plush turret that uh, it makes the sounds of the, the turrets from the game. Oh, that and is it, cool. There's these, these <laughs> iconic sayings. Like, I, yeah, these, these machines designed to kill you, and they've got these, this sweet little voice saying things like, I don't hate you. Where did you go? You know, things like that. And it's a plush toy. You squeeze it and it, it talks to you and then it tries to kill you. So, I mean, come on. That's twenty four ninety nine. It's on ThinkGeek. You, ah, pick one up. If, if you have a geek in your life, really, bookguys.ca slash ThinkGeek. Check it out. I, I really buy for them all the time. I'm just wearing a regular yellow and white shirt today, but usually I'm wearing some kind of geeky nonsense I got from there. So if you have a fan of, you know, Doctor Who, Star Trek, uh, anything geeky, there's a lot of books there. Actually, a lot of really cool uh, books like uh, uh, parenting books and, and different geeky things. Uh, there, there was one. I forgot what it was called. We, we reviewed it here maybe 30 episodes ago with Greg. It was something like, you know, dangerous things you can do with your kid. You know, it was pretty awesome. Even had like a, you know, a little. <laughs> That's the anarchist cookbook. No, 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 no. We, we, we put an explicit tag on that, right? Because we will. That's, that's like lawsuit time. Do not mix Clorox and Drano, kids. Do not mix Clorox and Drano. It's really bad. People will I die. Made, <laughs> I made the mistake once of uh, describing how I made homemade, homemade thermite, and um, I got all sorts of complaints from parents. I'm like, they can look this up. <laughs> Seriously. Where were you? Where were you on September 11, 2001? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh oh, loose change. You were at home. You were at home alone, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I was with a bunch of priests. Okay, that's always a good excuse. Yes. Padre, I'm using you as my alibi. <laughs> always. I'm not saying for anything. I'm just you know particular. It, it, w- it won't be good for anything, but <laughs> in sure, general. <laughs> so we got some great guests coming up in the next couple of weeks. We are we're getting about close to that time, are we not, gentlemen? I could if be we wrong. said it was going to be a short show, let's not disappoint anyone. That's right. We don't want to disappoint anyone. There's that music. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back soon. We'll have Dan Hampton, the uh, author of Viper Pilot. I don't know if I'm manly enough to be on the same show with that man. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have Tom Merritt. And Dan Hampton on the same show in about two weeks from now. Not sure who we have next week, but we'll surprise you with them. Of course, we will have Father Robert Balliser, Sir Jimmy, Professor Allen will be back. And we will see you. Say bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. everyone. See you next week. Same book time. Same book channel. Stay tuned, book readers and book listeners. Paul the Book Guy will be back next week. Same book time. Same book channel. 